and welcome to the Off-Kilter Quilt. My name is Frances, and I'll be your hostess. Hello, and welcome to episode 253. Yes, that is a lot of episodes. That is almost a thousand episodes. Now, it's not really I'm making that up, but it is Monday. I'm not making that up. It is Monday, March 14th. Happy Pi Day to you. I actually recorded yesterday, but then I deleted it because, you know, I have a lot of tolerance for my ramblings, my stretches of saying really nothing at all. And I think you have a high tolerance for that as well. We both are kind of in this agreement uh, that we will put up with a lot of nonsense from me in hopes that an occasional interesting nugget gets through my ramblings. Yesterday, it was just all ramble. It was all ramble. I couldn't do it to you. I couldn't do it to you. I could do it to me. I could do it to Travis, the quilt dog, who's coming over to sit next to me. I could not do it to you because you are my friend. And yes, you've suffered enough. Um, anyway, I'm looking out the window. And of course, you know, I don't complain about the weather and nor do I praise it because I am a Zen master. Um, but I have to say, it, it looks nice. <laughs> it's a lot nicer than it looked this weekend. On Saturday, we had snow flurries. Now, I know some of you listening to this are like looking out a window at like four feet of snow. Some of you are experiencing uh, a beautiful fall in the Southern Hemisphere. Weather is interesting. It's different all over. <laughs> I've noticed that. But anyway, uh, it, it's starting to look like spring around here. Some things are budding and we were a little concerned because our blueberry bushes have started to bud and it got really, really cold Saturday night um, during the snow flurries. And I, uh, you know, and a lot of people around here, you know, grow blueberries, grow things. And, and because we get, you know, in North Carolina, and this is especially true now that the, the climate is shifting a bit, but, you know, you can get some fairly spring-like weather in February. And so it's always a danger, that, that late frost. And uh, people put plastic bags over their, you know, more delicate, newly blooming plants. And the man and I discussed it. And he's like, you know, blueberries, they grow in really cold places. And I think they can get through it. And we just don't want to, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to get involved is essentially <laughs> his approach to nature. We'll, we'll plant the things. Other than that, we're not getting involved. He did um, do some trimming of the bushes uh, recently, some cutting back, and, and they look good, And they, but they survived, so that's good. We, I love having the blueberries. We don't put nets on them. The birds are welcome to share. Um, we And we always end up having a lot of blueberries in the freezer because mostly what we do is put them in pancakes and and the smoothies for Will when he's home. It's one of those things that just feels like such an abundance that you want to save it and then you forget, right, to actually eat the blueberries. It's like eat the blueberries. I'm very excited to say that my sun gold tomato seeds have arrived. So that is one of the things I plan to do this week is to get those uh, planted in uh, uh, little you know seed pots. Uh, and uh, last year, I grew them in big containers outside, and that is probably what I'll do again this year. So hopefully this will be a good week for gardening. I thought last week was going to be that week, 
um, or maybe the week before and the week before I kind of got a little bug and just didn't have any energy and then last week they kept promising like by the end of the week it's going to be beautiful and it, it wasn't it it was it was ugly so this week though is supposed to be lovely and it's going to be a good week to get outside a little bit and really be thinking about the garden um yeah, but this is not a gardening podcast. No, it's not. It's a quilting podcast. And I am working on something. I am doing a challenge. It's for curated quilts. They have, I don't know, if they, let's say they're quarterly challenges um, for many quilts. And the, the dimensions of the quilts, like 10-inch square up to 16-inches square. I think they're all square. There's no, like, 10 by 3. Maybe there is, but seems to be they want you to do squares this challenge is for utility quilts and i was working on mine yesterday um and uh, the 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 irony (laughs) struck me that you know a a a utility quilt tends to be a a quilt that is you know it's a scrappy quilt that it's made out of what you've got around it could be old fabric um or scraps of fabric from an old project but also, like, cut up your jeans, cut up that flannel shirt. Use what you have, which, you know, I'm very intrigued uh, by that notion. and want to, you know, I'm trying to do more of that, not only using fabrics I have, but also just using stuff. I mean, I love that idea. And in fact, all right, I wonder if this has happened to you. So periodically go through the clothes, particularly as the, you know, as the boys were uh, growing up and, and, uh, you know, go through their clothes, go through clothes of mine that are, you know, I'm not wearing anymore, you know, when when one weight fluctuates, when one's weight fluctuates 20 pounds this way or that, you know, in some ways you're, you're tempted never to give anything away because who knows what you're going to weigh six months from now. But I actually, I actually have maintained a fairly consistent weight for about a a year. I'm trying, hoping to lose 10 more pounds, but, you know, I feel okay where I am. Um, I'm always going to be just a little bit chubby. That's just how it is. I always have been. I always will be. I accept that. But any event, you do at some point, they're just closed. You're like, I'm not going to wear this anymore. Or it looked good in the store, does not look good now. You know, I may, I'm not a good shopper. I am not. I'm, when it comes to clothes, I admire people who are fashionable, who are smart, who know what they're doing when it comes to clothes. I do not. All right. Basically today I'm wearing my winter uniform. It's a pair of jeans, an LLB long sleeve scoop neck t-shirt or yeah, I think it's scoop. It's not a serious scoop, but it's not a V-neck. It's not a boat neck. So I think scoop neck is what we're left with. Um, this one is black. I have a number of these in black, a number in blue. When I wash them, I do not put them in the dryer. Um, and what I have found is that preserves them for a long time so I you know so anyway I have four or five L bean t-shirts um long sleeve and that it's what I wear around the house and then I have several nice shirts that when I have things to do whether it's a, 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 an important zoom meeting or um a last week I did a school library journal had a panel of middle grade authors uh for a one day event uh, they had many panels, but I was on one of them. And so I, I have a nice shirt that I wore. And, you know, when I finished, I went upstairs and took it off and put on my black T-shirt. So, uh, but, uh, and, and this is really good because, you know what, my T-shirts, they always fit. They look good, especially in winter. You wear them with a the sweater. Just, you know, cute as can be. 
not uh, just whatever I like a uniform um, so oftentimes I make very poor choices when I'm trying to you know gild the lily a little bit um, <laughs> I guess that makes me the lily uh, now I, I think it's more like put <laughs> no I'm not going to say it's like when I want to put a little lipstick on the pig that's not nice even I don't, don't think that way about myself but you know when I want to tart it up a little bit how about that um, yeah and then I, I go to the store and just like you know and, and make uh, I would say three times out of five really bad choices so those are the clothes that I give away and the process is I go through and I get all the boy stuff not so much now that they are kind of more in charge of their own clothing and they don't grow that much um, but you know and then go through my stuff and then ask the man if he's got anything um, he wants to get rid of and I put it in a big bag I was like we have these big clear leaf bags and that's what I use because I hate the idea of taking a trash bag to Goodwill. I don't, it just feels unkind to me. <laughs> I'm the only person that worries about this kind of stuff. Or maybe you do too. Maybe there's two of us in this world. Um, but I just feel like it sends the wrong message. Like I am bringing you my trash. Um, although in essence, I am bringing you my trash. Uh, when I, when, but so clear bag and then I fill it up. And these are huge bags, you know. And then what I do is I usually leave it in the attic for six months. And then I think, now i got to get this out of here. So then I put it in my car for six months. And then I get tired of it being in my car, and I put it in the garage for six months. And then the man cleans up, does one of his sort of annual or biannual clear-outs of the garage and puts it back in my car. And one of the deals right now, to be honest, is that because so many people did big, you know, clean-outs over COVID, you know, a lot of the places around here aren't taking stuff right now. Or the scrap exchange, which is a great place to take stuff. Now you have to make an appointment, right? Because they're going through your stuff and they're going to take some and they're not. So that's that's kind of gotten in my way um, of taking stuff over there. But, you know, thinking about doing utility quilts and, and using more, you know, repurposing stuff. I thought... I should bring that bag back in the house. I'm like, please don't, please don't. But part of me is like, you know, there, and there is stuff in there that really should go to Goodwill, like Will's baseball stuff. You know, some kid's going to use that. Um, but there, there's some other things. It's like, you know, I could repurpose it if I would. And I go through these periods where I get very much in this mood. And um, and then, you know, if if I'm really good, I actually go through the clothes, like the jeans that I've saved, and I cut them up. Um and Zach Foster has a little zine um, that you can buy off of his website for a couple bucks about how to cut up jeans, which is helpful. Um, yeah, and, and so then I, yeah, but then usually by the time I go through the process of cutting up the jeans, that, that mood has left me. <laughs> but I will say what was very cool, yesterday I started working on this utility quilt challenge for curated quilts. I just always wanted to do it. I thought that would be fun, sort of a quick, easy thing. Although nothing is ever easy in my world because I'm kind of dumb, but you know, but just something, just kind of, yeah, let's try this out. And so anyway, the the, the challenge is just to make a utility quilt using stuff from your stash, and particularly like you know stuff that maybe wasn't originally purposed for quilt making so jeans or old shirt and the there is a uh, fabric colorway that they want you to use you can buy the fabric if you want which I did um, or you can but the so the fabric is ruby star can, candlelight wovens is the line and then this colorway is called mountain ocean because you know 
the mountains used to be under the ocean. I guess that's what. No, it's just the colorways. It's very pretty. It's you know, um, it's a green. So they're, uh, y'all. I'll do my best to describe it. I'm gonna get a piece of the fabric and hold it up. Not see. I'm holding it up in front of my recorder now. I like. Um, I hold it up to myself near the window. So the gr- it's a. Imagine a mountain range as expressed in a, a row of triangles, or really more like arrow tips. Um, and they're like, say, a quarter inch high and a qu- maybe a quarter inch wide going across in a row. And uh, the color of the mountains is, is a really lovely oceany blue green and then there's also a line that go, that goes up and down uh what do we call that <laughs> if you were if it were a line of if you were quilting it we, we would call it a, a, a zigzag um and that's in a really pretty kind of I'm gonna call it like light light wheat it's like someone who's blonde but you say oh yeah they kind of got that wheat colored blonde hair kind of a golden it's really pretty it's and and so anyway so you don't have to buy this fabric um you don't have to use this fabric in your block but that's but they do want you to use that colorway um i went ahead uh because i i went to freeman's creative they carry a ton of ruby star society the only fabric line i actually care about or the, the only fabric company that i really care about and just think consistently puts out fabrics that I love that I sometimes buy a half yard of just to have um thinking I'll, I will use it eventually and then by the time I think about using it usually that that line has sold out and then I start you know kind of feeling that way you feel like oh, I can't use it but I should use it I will use it I promise one day I will use it but I do I really like it I also really like supporting Freeman's creative and I don't think my you know, monthly or bi-monthly purchases of <laughs> three yards of Motobella salt's going to do it. It's going to keep them going. Um, but they, you know, in some ways I don't, they, they need everybody. It's a small store. It's a small shop, but it's a very, it's very popular. Um, I think that it's just one of, you know, I've mentioned it so many times over the last few years since they've been in business, but I just admire the young owner, Amelia Freeman, very much. I think she's done a fantastic job. So I do like to go in and support them. Anyway, so I went in the other day. They had just gotten in a huge, huge order of Ruby Star. And and I went in and asked about it. And I might have actually mentioned this last time. I can't remember because it was after I think I saw my friend Caroline. Um, and I do think I brought that up last time. Anyway, so uh, so I was looking for it. And Amelia you know, said, oh, I'll just go and order some. And I was like, okay. And she did, and it came in, and I thought, I'm going to go ahead and buy a yard. You know, I don't need a yard for a 10 by 10 <laughs> mini quilt, but I just went ahead and did that again, uh, supporting my, you know, local quilt store, which I love to do. And, some, you know, some days I feel flush enough to do it, and then the next day I absolutely I never regret supporting my local quilt shop. I often have regrets about spending money on things I don't necessarily need. Anyway. So I got that. And um, I, you know, I started out doing this thing I do that, which is kind of, I just, I, I trust the improv process. 
But there are times that my approach to improvisation is just to start cutting up fabric and sewing it together, kind of like that Victoria Finley Wolf. She does, I, I think she calls it made, I can't remember, made fabric or whatever. They just sort of cut it up, sew it back together, and see, see what you have. And it always looks really cool, but at some point it becomes unruly, like in its nature, and I don't quite know, you know, and it's, you can always, you can take something you've created, kind of do it, make a wonky square, and then just frame it with a, a with a, uh, you know, a solid, and yeah, it always looks really cool, and you know, the, the quilt, the wonky Miss Ohio, I mean, that's sort of kind of what I was messing around with and and so you figure it out finally but with this I started doing it and it was kind of fun and at some point I you know I especially when you only have like 16 inches square to work with you know it's like you can't uh just there's only you can only be so improvisational um you you know you you don't have a huge scheme within which to work, right? So the pieces need to make sense. So what I finally did is I went online and uh, searched utility, utility quilts. Now, I also could have gone and looked at the, the Roderick Karakoff books on, under the, uh, was it Unconventional and Unexpected Quilts Under the Radar? It's like 1950 to 1980-something, I think, um, which is one of my favorite books. And, and a lot of those quilts in there are utility quilts, but because I was too lazy to actually walk into the living room and get it, I know exactly where it is. But see, that would take like, you know, at least 45 seconds to walk in there and get it. Um, I, I just went online and searched and found and found some things on, it was actually on the, the International Quilt Museum's website. They had, a, they had a sort of a slideshow of utility quilts, and I found something that just was a useful model um, to work off of, you know, and I, I always forget that. And it's, it's just like, yeah, just copy something, you know, when you're doing something like this, because even as you're copying, it will become your own, right? Because you're not going to copy it exactly, but you can use something as a, a jumping off point or a model. And it is interesting to see where you end up going. Um, and so I ended up using, I started off and I'll, I'm still working on it. I'll put a picture and the show notes, but with I, I I went upstairs and found the bag of these uh, cut up jeans and some old flannel shirts and various things that, when this mood hit me a few years ago, I had prepared, um, and I brought it down. And so I found like a really f- faded uh, bit of denim, and they were f- it was from some denim shorts that I used to wear like when I was painting. So they're paint splattered, which how cool is that for your old utility quilt? So that's the center, and I'm just building around that. And I have uh, some flannel from a flannel shirt that I think I think I wore. I don't think that there, I also I remember at one point I picked up some old flannel shirts at Scrap Exchange, um, but this is one I think I wore. Um, and so I'm messing around. The only my only disappointment is that because you're supposed to work within this colorway, and I have I also have bought a linen napkin at the Scrap Exchange, or it's probably cotton, but it has a kind of a rough weave to it um that i'm using this kind of a a a green like a brownish green um so maybe a khaki green if that's really a thing um but anyway so but i also found these things that i had made a few years ago 
um, basically these uh, it's just some strip piecing it's stripes it's like but it was fabrics that I bought at, at scrap exchange uh, if I think of it I'll put a picture of them too and I just was and it's one of those things where I sewed them all together skinny stripes skinny stripes and then cut them up and they never did anything and they actually work really well with this block that are the the quilt it really feels like I'm constructing a block that I'm making but it's not in the colorway so I might do you can submit as many quilts as you want I might do a second one and include the that stripes but it's like a the one the stripe is like a it's a rose red like a dusty rose and then a, a cream um, it's really pretty and it really works nicely but it isn't in the colorway so I won't use it in this one but maybe I'll do another one um, yeah, so anyway, it's it's been very fun, but I was glad. I thought, just look at somebody else's quilt, like a real utility quilt, like from the 40s or 50s, not from, you know, a recent one. Um, and, you know, and just just bounce off that. And once I did that, that was so, so helpful. And the, what I'm working on does not look anything like the, the, the quilt I bounced off of. So as I suspected would be the case. So... Um, so that that is uh, really the, right now the the height of my quilting activity. I, I like I, I think I mentioned earlier I, I had a bug and that's kind of thrown me off course. Um, I'm back now and it, so that it's fun to have this little project to play with. I finished my quilt scene. I um, I'm trying to figure out. You know, I probably, like I said, I will sell it. It's, it's very much in some ways a prototype of what I plan to do. So I mean, this is something printed out on copier paper. It is. Uh, you know, I think there's 12 pages in all, but that's really uh, maybe six, three pages, four pa uh, three pages, six, something back and front, two, uh, whatever. Yeah, so it's it's pretty homemade, even though I like the content. But the other day, I got a zine. Um, I had ordered it off Etsy. I'd seen it online. Somebody had posted it on Instagram. And it's a actually a zine that is a collection of zines put together by this farmer's cooperative in Washington State. And it's called like Radish something. So it's a group of farmers who are in the same area in rural Washington uh, reading through the zine, which actually feels more like um, if you've ever got a literary journal, so that say is about 60 pages long and it has a cover, um, but it's not a hardback. So, I, it, so it's sort of like, I mean, it's like a paperback cover, not in terms of design, but that weight of stock, of paper stock, right? And it is actually bound, um, and there's a name for that kind of binding but so that you know I don't think this has the name on the side of the of the zine but it could so it it's it is a, it's a, a zine that is sort of feels more professional so you know the, the the idea of a zine is it's just an independently published magazine um and can be anything from like the the least professional like someone folded over a piece of paper and wrote some and scrawled on it right and that can be a zine to something that is actually what what we would really more likely call a magazine and and so this one but uh, you know and but it was it was nicely done um 
and you know it's not it, it, the, the writing wasn't like wow this is this is a, the, these farmers are, are also all Wendell Berry's you know and just amazing writers some of them wrote well some some, uh, some you know just were writing to write and and I and so I, I don't want to be snobbish about it at all I, I enjoyed reading what they had to say it might not have been the world some of them wrote poetry some it wasn't the world's greatest poetry but you know nonetheless I really love that they did this and. Um, yeah, and so I can see that my quilt scene, which we're calling Hands All Around, sometime, at some point be, being something like that, and that there would actually be other contributors, there, you know, and and what have you. And um, I really like that idea. But this, this first one is, is uh, much more homemade. Um, and, I, you know, I don't have an Etsy shop yet. I may set up something, and if I do, I will let you know where it's like you can Venmo me $2 and I'll mail it to you. Um, I think that would cover the cost of postage and, and copying and paper. Um, yeah, but I will let you know. But I, I was just glad to finish it, and it was fun to do. It was fun to put together. And I'm trying to, you know, the, the for the next subject, I might actually for the next issue, write about, you know, everyday use, since that's something that's being discussed, and of course, working on a mini utility quilt, and uh, thinking about how we use quilts, um, you know, that that's something that's on my mind, so uh, that, that may be my next topic, I just don't know, we'll see, I've got some other things I need to uh, finish up before I, I start a new quilting scene, but I, I'm, I, I was glad to finish this one. It's nice to have an idea for a project and then follow through on it. Um, so I think that that is it for now. Uh, you'll be happy to know that Travis the Quilt Dog is doing well. We had a brisk and nice walk this morning. Uh, he walks every day unless I deign it to be too cold or just too miserable for me emotionally to go out into the weather. I am getting old. We have, Travis is 14, we've been taking these walks uh, for 14 years, almost, nearly, and um, yeah, it used to be whatever the weather, you know, if it was cold and not rainy, I don't do rain, but you know, like you'd say, all right, it's 20 degrees, put on the long johns, put on the layers, let's go, and now it's sort of like, oh, it's a little cloudy and it's 45, do we really want to go? Once I get walking, I'm fine, but it's just more, it's more of a mental thing. Um, but I also, it's like, a, I, and I think because I have a little bit more freedom now with my schedule um, to say, okay, we're going to do our walk at four. I don't do that too often because you know what? He will like whine at me all day because he wants to go out. But um, sometimes it's like, we're going to go out closer to lunch when it warms up a little bit. But anyway, but he loves his walk. He's a good dog. And I think that that is it for now. Oh, I do want to say thank you to everyone who commented on episode 252. Um, thanks to Noni, to my girl Patty, um, who helps me with my quilt math and is just my friend, not just my friend. I think probably her friendship is more important than... Uh, or quilt math, but I appreciate both a lot. All right, and then I also heard from, oh, I heard from Robin, um, and she likes the idea of a zine, and she wanted to remind me, you know, I said my thing that I say, uh, you know, I was talking about uh, knitting a sitting 
quilting is moving. Usually I don't say sitting. It just came out really funny that time. And she said, you know, she pointed out she does hand hand quilting. And that is sitting as well. And I do think that that's so much more meditative. I also wish that I were better at hand piecing. Um, yeah, but uh, that's practice, right? The more I practice, um, the better I, I'll get, right? Yes. I also heard from um, Marlene, who just was very nice about saying that she was glad I was back um, and that uh, she said it was like having a friend in for coffee in her beehive which is what she calls her quilting studio which I think is very cool and she was also happy to hear that quilting for the rest of us is back and I am happy about that news as well Marlene all right thank you everyone who commented Um, extra special uh Thanks, obviously, to people who came over and actually commented on the website. But I understand uh, a lot of you just commented in your head. And that's great because I hear those comments, too. And I appreciate them. Thanks for listening. And I hope you have a great week. And I'll be back soon. Bye for now. Hey there, I'm back. It is Sunday, March 20th, which is the the spring equinox. It's like spring starts today, not tomorrow. I always thought it was the 21st. I'm confused about that every year. I feel like, did they change something on me? The good news, sounds like they're going to change daylight savings time. The Senate has passed it. Now we're just waiting for the House. I thought the House passed things first. I'm at a loss. That's not unusual. Okay, Sunday though, March 20th. And I real so I recorded last Monday, and my plan was to post it Monday night, and I didn't. And then Tuesday, and so on and so forth. And then I had um, a new comment that I didn't want to let get past. I will just very quick. I think Barb. I think it was from Barb, and she mentioned that she had watched this. She had the same craftsy class that I had. On, fin- on finishing a quilt binding and all that. And she says now she uses a tutorial from Jenny Doan at uh, Missouri Star. And I'm going to look that up because I love Jenny Doan and I think she's a great teacher. So maybe that's going to be what gets me through. Now, okay, I have a list of others. So anyway, Barb, thank you. Thank you for uh, commenting. I really appreciate that. All right, here's some other things. Finish the pillow that I bought the form for a couple weeks ago, finished the pillow. The hardest part of that, I don't think I mentioned this in in part one of this. If I did, forgive me. I repeat myself all the time now. It's a, yeah, old, getting old. Um, But yes, so I had bought a pillow pillow for which I bought it for the form. Cost me $3. Bought a curtain panel, bought two. And I think those maybe cost $2 a piece, $3 a piece at most. I don't really think so. I think it was more like two. Anyway, this pillow that I have finished uh, cost, let's say, $3 plus one, like, uh, 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 I don't know, 
basically under $10. Don't ask me to do math, please, please. Um, under $10, and I'll put a picture of that. The longest, the, the, the most arduous part of that process was deconstructing the curtain panel. And it was just kind of, you know, it, it was uh, a machine made. And so just, uh, yeah, just, just unstitching it, right? Uh, that, that took a little while to do. And then ironing and really getting the creases out. But it turned out uh, uh, from that point on, it was easy. It was an, I just did an envelope pillowcase. And it looks, the, it looks great. You know, it's a really nice form. And so I'm very proud of myself for, um, yeah, make this project not taking that no you know what I'm proud of myself for doing it I'm proud of myself because I finished a project all right so I have also I'm just about done with the curated quilts mini quilt challenge I, I'm going to put facing on it and so that once I finish up talking to y'all I'm gonna go do that and get the man to take a photograph because he's a he's an excellent photographer I am not so get him to do that and then I'll submit it tomorrow or tonight hope with any luck I am also submitting an article proposal so the issue as I've said is utility utility quilts and one of the um things they're looking for. I just stumbled across this information under the submission guidelines. It said for articles, it said, we would like an art, we would like to see article proposals for uh, quilt labeling, you know, reasons to label your quilt. Well, you know, I'm board president of the Quilt Alliance, um, which means very little to anyone <laughs> other than some people in the quilt world. But I mean, that's, you know, that's, our, that's our project is documenting quilts and encouraging people to document their own quilts, including labeling them. And, uh, you know, I just think about this, particularly with utility quilts. It's these quilts that you find in at the Goodwill or antique store, just you know, that are pretty more like, a, I, I think that the everyday quilts are the ones you're going to find at the thrift shop. I think when you, uh, like if you look at antique stores online, like uh, if you look up antique quilts, it'll take you to antique online stores. And these are, those tend to be fancier, you know, and better preserved, um, so the stuff you find at thrift shops uh, tends to be more everyday, not p particularly exceptional quilts. I did go to a kind of, I think it was an antique store in uh, Waxhaw, Waxhaw, North Carolina. That is one of my favorite names, uh, only second to, to uh, Saxapaha. I love that. These are obviously Native American names, Saxapaha, um, which is a really tiny tiny little town but very pretty it's on the haw river ha ha anyway uh i, I went to visit my friend daniel um in wax hall which is outside of charlotte and uh we went to an antique store and uh and there and they had quilts that were more utility utilitarian utility everyday quilts there and you know and they weren't that expensive they were like maybe fifty dollars i have to say i am not in the quilt collecting business as much as i love quilts um i'm in the you know i'm not in the quilt making business because i don't quilt for money but you know i like making quilts obviously but yeah i i, I you know i, I don't really want to collect them so anyhow we did see some everyday utility utility quilts at an antique shop but online you tend to see very fancy dancy ones um yes so any quilt that you see that is old or even quilts you see that are actually not that old i go to the scrap exchange and see some quilt tops and orphan blocks you're not going to label an orphan block 
you're not going to label a quilt top. Let's just say you see an old quilt and you want to know the story behind it. I mean, I do. I'm just all about the story. That's what, so, you know, as part of my Quilt Alliance work, I am uh, on the committee that is sort of updating and rebooting the QSOS project, the Quilters Save Our Stories. It's the oral history project that's been a little bit dormant for a while, but we're rebooting. And one of the things we're doing is we're looking at the questions, the quadrant questions that were developed in 1999 um, when this this show got on the road. And I think I'm saying that, that it's 1999. It may be. So what, we're 22... I think it's even earlier than that, that we first started doing QSOS oral histories in any event. But these questions are not particularly, uh, some of them are not as relevant for today. And some of them just, some of them don't, I mean, how could they, right? They were, they were written 25, 30 years ago. Um, they, they're just outdated. Uh, you know, there, there's some questions like, you know, what what she makes a is a is a great quilt, um, you know that that's always an interesting question. But in in any event, we had a meeting. We were meeting right now every other week, and to to discuss how to how to update these questions. And I've sent out the questionnaire to some friends and gotten some great responses back. But one of you know one of the uh, questions that Emma who is in charge of this project, posed to the, the, the committee was, you know, what is it that you uh, want to know about a quilter? Um, you know, and I thought, you know, what I want, I want to know her story. I want to know the context in which she quilts. Right, which is one of the reasons that I that I'm drawn to writing quilt fiction, um, and and like to read it is that, that that yeah there are these full stories behind our quilts and we, you know and obviously people start quilting for different reasons. Uh, our quilt lives take different shapes. Some of us are retired, and we spend eight hours a day working on quilts, um, or you know, or a significant amount of time every day or every week working on quilts. Some of us are weekend quilters. Some of you know, I, I um, go th- when I'm really hard at work on a quilt. It's sort of after dinner. That's what I do. Is I go sew and um, so yeah. But it's like, do you have family around? Do you have to work your quilting in around around work? Um, or, you know, what what are what's going on in your life that you also have to attend to what are you making quilts in response to I mean some of us are doing it's a response to a creative urge to make something some of it is you know, we we love quilts um and we just we want to be involved in that creative process you know why we start quilting I, so many people like it when you read through the QSOS oral histories which you can do on the Quilt Alliance site um, and you can also listen to to some of them um, you know, a lot of people may start making quilts because they got pregnant or their sister got pregnant or their best friend got pregnant and that the responses need a quilt. The baby needs a quilt. And these people, you know, and, and, and it's not unusual for it's like never, never sewed in my life, had no idea what the, what it took to make a quilt. Um, 
had no idea you could use a sewing machine to make a quilt. And that for me, like when I first got interested in quilt making, I really did not know. And this is, we're talking 15 years ago. This is not in the dark ages, 15 years ago. I didn't know that people use sewing machines to make quilts. Um, so, but, but it is interesting how, and I am interested in people's origin stories, but so often it's that I wanted to make a quilt for a baby. Sometimes it's, you know, somebody's had something terrible. A friend has had a terrible thing happen. And it's also, I want to make a quilt. So um, anyway, but that is what, that that interests me so much. Like not just, uh, here's my process. Process interests me, except more and more you realize most of us, the pro- for most of us, the, the creative process is pretty similar. You know, you get it. Um, the, the differences are things like, well, um, you know, some people want to work with a pattern. Some people see a quilt that they really like and think, I want to make that quilt and have enough knowledge to go, okay, let's see which, you know, how's this quilt put together. Um, some of us improvise. I'm fairly improvisational in my quilt making and I like that it can be um it can be frustrating and I was you know with this uh the mini quilt you know when I when I was working on it last weekend I was just you know I kind of like chopping stuff up and sewing it back together and seeing how it all fits and what patterns emerge but you know sometimes patterns patterns don't emerge and in fact with um yeah, I think I talked about that last week. I, th- I okay. I have to confess to you that earlier today. Yeah, I talked about that in in part one of this because earlier today I, I I'm like okay I'm gonna record and I recorded and I actually sat on the porch and it was nice you could have heard the birds, but um. Yeah, and then it was just like, but what, I, I wasn't pleased with my recording, so I deleted it. But no, I talked about the, the my my process, my improvisational process, and how that can be unsatisfactory. Anywho. Anywho, anywho, so, um, label your quilts. Yes. So, uh, everyday quilts. I want to know the stories and I realize, you know, very few people, you know, who label their quilts do it to, to the extent that you're really going to have a ton of story. You know, I mean, it's like, you'll know, hopefully you'll know who made it, when they made it, where they made it, for whom, if there's, you know, if it's a particular special occasion, hopefully that's noted, right? Um, you know, of course, I would love for the label to be the whole back of the quilt in which <laughs> the quilter wrote out her life story. But, you know, even uh, some information um, is interesting, you know? So if you find a, a quilt, you know, it, it just it, that is connected to where you live or have lived, um, or just to know uh, when it was made. All that stuff, obviously, for quilt historians, is very important. Um, but all of us like to know at least a little bit about the quilts that we come across in the wild. So label your quilt anyway. I'm submitting a proposal for a story about that, about why we should label our quilts and some pretty easy ways you know jenny doan speaking of jenny doan she labels her quilts she uses um uh uh not a v5 precise um a sharpie you know and just on the you know back bottom corner just writes her name date and what you know basic information 
And you know, so if you if you really, you know, a lot of us by the time we get done with the quilt, we're like, ah, I don't want to label it, you know. And I have a lot of unlabeled quilts. That is one of my things on my list. Like label the quilts. The great thing about doing this podcast is I have a lot of documentary information about when my quilts were made. Label your quilts. Anyway, so I'm submitting that. Fingers crossed. Another thing I wanted to tell you because I can't remember if it's the last episode or the episode before. I was talking about Taproot Magazine and how I love the Taproot lifestyle. Don't live it, but and but enjoy reading about it. Well, I did submit an article, and this is how it works with Taproot. They put out the themes. Like for our next six issues, here's each issue's theme, and so submit stuff that that fits in with that theme. And an upcoming theme is Imagine. And so I wrote uh, the whole article. They want the whole article. So I wrote the whole article about, it's called Imagine a Village. And it's a world building workshop uh, that anyone could do, you know, um, but went real and really into detail with that. And I uh, submitted it and they accepted it. I just found out on Thursday, but they accepted it for a different issue. They said, we know you, you submitted this for Imagine, but we're doing an issue and that comes out in December called Commune. It's it's C O M M U N E, so it could be commune, which you know with taproot, that's you know not. Uh, <laughs> it will make sense. I think there's some people there with interest in communes, uh, but I think it's more commune, like communing with nature, communing with one another. So, which is a nice December issue. Uh, topic theme so yeah so uh that has been a dream of mine i have submitted one other article uh to a taproot actually about quilting that did not get accepted so i'm excited to, to have that happen um let's see i actually made a list okay all right so uh, one of the things I, i've been thinking about it, and it's interesting it's interesting talking about curated quilts because before curated quilts started publishing not, you know, every year there's like, what's the word of the year going to be? Um, and I can't remember when Curated Quilts first published. You know, it's been, I feel like it's been four years maybe. But I, I told the man, I said, I think the word of the year for the next year, so I said it was 2018, I said, it's going to be Curate. And, um, you know, because we're, we're all living these internet lives and there's so much information out there and you, you, you need people to say, okay, here's, here's 10 articles to go read. Um, and, and, and that, and you need that in your life. And so you follow people, um, who, you know, who have similar sensibilities to yours and they say, I've done all the reading. Here's what you should go read. Um, and a lot of people of those people now have newsletters. So you get their weekly newsletter and they say, go read this. And, uh, I do that a little too much. One of the things that I was thinking about today is I treat the internet like a humongous magazine i've been wondering like well i feel like i never finish books anymore and 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 it's weird my life has been so much about reading i thought why is that why don't you read anymore i thought no i read all the time i am curating a magazine online for myself and the problem is is that it's an endless job there's article after article there's so many interesting things to read whatever you're thinking about Right. And there are online magazines. And let's see, it's always I'm very careful, like with uh, the Atlantic, you get three articles a month. Now I can get, by the way, now I can get the Atlantic via my library online. So now I can read the Atlantic to my heart's delight. But anyway, but there are other magazines. You know, it's like, okay, I got to save my articles. And like usually the last day of the month, I'm like, all right, reading all the articles now. Um, yeah, all my, my, my three articles. It's very fun. It's exciting. I live an exciting life. Um, anyway, anyway, so curate. 
where was I going with that? Just reading and curating. Yeah, that's my whole thing is I'm curating my own magazine. And that's I spend all my time curating my online magazine. It's got to stop because I, I, I the problem is, is you just go down rabbit holes. And they're really interesting rabbit holes. But I don't think that that, that lends itself to sustained thought. Um, and I want you know, I, I want to think more deeply. Uh, I am at this Yesterday, I went to my favorite place, the Scrap Exchange, where I do buy fabric. But I also, they have a a book section, which I love, because I I live near Duke University, and so the the books are good, right? People are donating great books. And I picked up a book for $2. I picked up two books. One was uh, Lonesome Dove, which I've already, by Larry McMurtry, already read it, but been wanting to read it again. But I just had, the only copy we have is this paperback that's like, like a brick. You know, it's kind of small. The print is small. And it's not so much that the print is too small, but it's more like just holding that book. You know, it's, it's kind of like a, if, if you're reading it in bed and you drop it, it hurts. So I've been wanting a larger edition, not necessarily a large print edition, but like to, I want like the hardback or something. And I found the t- uh, 20th anniversary edition, um, beautiful copy published by Simon & Schuster, who's my publisher. Um just thought I'd say that so you know um god gosh sorry um anyway so I found that very exciting to find a nice size it's it's paperback but it's still it's a larger version and then I also I picked up another book I've already read now this is kind of you know when they cost two dollars you're just like I'm just gonna get it but it's by a writer a novelist named Doris Grumbach and I, I read it when it, it came out in 1993, and I read it then. And it's called 50 Days of Solitude. So Grumbach is a, she's a novelist, uh, has and writes and, and writes wonderful nonfiction. And yeah, I'm looking at you know extra innings and coming into the end zone, which is hilarious. All right, this she she in 1993 is publishing 50 Days of Solitude, but also publishing these books. And I can you know obviously you know around the same time. Uh, collections of essays about getting older, right? Well, um, yeah, and I, and I got my dad into her, and I think gave him coming into the end zone, which was kind of like being, you know, entering old old age, right? So I was wondering, I was like, I wonder when she died, and so I looked her up. She's still alive. She's a hundred and three. <laughs> she wasn't in the end zone. <laughs> she was. She was like, you know, not really coming into the end zone at all. Oh, y'all, there's a hawk in my front yard. It's huge. It's, I hope it's eating the voles and the squirrels. I don't think they eat squirrels. I wish they would. Anyway, um, yeah, so I just thought that was hilarious. I mean, we're going on, uh, you know, she must have been in her 70s <laughs> coming into the end zone. Like, no, you're kind of like right at the halfway point. <laughs> not quite, but still. Anyway, um, but it, it's so she, I, I can't remember, she's up in the northeast somewhere. Uh, maybe I'm sure it says here. Uh, I don't know, but I feel like she's in Maine or Vermont, and um, she has her, she uh, her partner uh, goes into New York. Uh, her partner is I think her name is Sybil, and and Sybil sadly died, um, and they were together for a long, long time. But anyway. Sybil has gone is a, a bookseller, a book buyer, has gone into New York. This is pre-Amazon days, obviously. Um, oh, and this is a, a very quick aside. There is a documentary. I'm not sure what where it's on. It's possible it's on HBO, but it, but it may be on Netflix about uh, antiquarian, like used booksellers. Um, and some of them are antiquarian booksellers, but 
and you know they're talking about how of course now the internet has changed book collecting and everything but it, it was kind of wonderful um the man and i started watching it just like well maybe we'll watch this maybe we won't um but we we, we did and we really enjoyed it anyway so back in the day so so doris is at home in her cat house that's in a, you know it's it's on they're neighbors but they're not like immediately next door there's like some woods and acreage that divides them and uh, so she's got 50 days where she's alone. And so it's just reading about that. And, and it's, she's a wonderful writer. And um, But I was thinking, wow. Just, you know, she's talking about writing letters and getting letters and how she writes letters to Sybil, but Sybil's a poor correspondent and doesn't write back. And, you know, and, and um, you know, but there's no Internet, right? I mean, there is. The Internet was developed by them, but it's, it wasn't. You know, at that point, that is just like right before the internet. So you could have solitude in a way that, you know, if you were like, you know, obviously you can go out into the woods and not have internet access, but, um, and, and people do have solitude and do, you know, especially right now it's Lent, and I think a lot of people get off the internet for Lent. But uh, just, you know, it was just a different time, and it wasn't that long ago. It's amazing. So, can I get back to what I was talking about? Yes, I can, because I was talking about curating and the word curate that did then after I predicted that the curate would become the word of the year, then all of a sudden curated quilts. I'm like, I'm on to something. I wish there were a way to make money off of this. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, yeah, why not? But, um, yeah, so anyway, the other day in the Quilt Fiction Club, uh, the, it was uh, we have on Tuesdays we do home and garden Tuesday and sometimes talk about food or childhood or oh my goodness I'm looking at the hawk definitely has a vole hopefully not a baby bird hopefully a vole please be a vole. don't be a bird these hawks are they're huge they're humongous they're beautiful eat the squirrels anyway so um, and the and I always I make up questions and for the last Tuesday it's like all right let's talk about life hacks what what's something you do to make your life easier or better and um, one of our members of the Quilt Fiction Club said I do a reset when I leave a room when I'm done with my work in a room I I do a reset I reset the room I put everything back and make sure it's neat and tidy before I leave it and I loved that idea so much. You know, it's like, yes. And, and I do that to some extent. It's hard uh, because there's some parts of, you know, areas of your life where you do the reset. It, it, there, it takes a lot to do the reset. So, or you kind of put the reset off and then entropy just hits it hard, you know. And so it's no longer that matter of, oh, it'll just take me a few minutes before I go on to the next thing. You're like, oh, I've neglected the reset for three days or, you know. And now it's just like it's, it becomes a chore, Right, where you have to go, all right, I'm going to spend the next hour really sorting with, uh, through everything on my desk. Um, I, but, the, you know, I, I sew on the dining room table, and that I reset um, when I'm done sewing. Just because I don't like coming in the next day to a messy area, and I also use one end of the uh, table for a uh, kind of, you know, a, a, a work area for writing or Organize, you know, when I'm sitting down and doing my to-do list and things like that, or if I'm writing out postcards. So I, I really do like it um, to be neat. Now, I'm not a minimalist, so, you know, really it's kind of, I, I, I like all my piles to be very neat, although I've just cleared off uh, the table for something, um, 
And now it's like, oh, now I want to like do this to the whole room, put everything away. And it is spring, although I think spring starts tomorrow. And I am feeling that in general. Like, um, you know, speaking of entropy, I think at some point last year I did a very serious uh, linen closet refold. And um, and it was beautiful. And now I'm you know, looking at it. And, just recently I guess Will is home for spring break and I was getting out sheets changing sheets on his bed and um I was just like oh entropy is totally set in it's time to do this and it doesn't even take that long um but anyway the reset and what was interesting is the man came down this morning and uh, he was like man I need to do a reset on the weight loss he's trying to lose some weight he doesn't have that much weight to lose like some other people in this house um but I was like see here comes that word reset but, you know, and maybe that's like the, the, the desire to do spring cleaning is the desire to reset things and, you know, kind of clean slate. When you walk into a room, you feel happy um, because everything is in its place. I mean, that's part of the reset, right? Putting things away, putting things in their place, um, stacking things up neatly if you're me. So, yeah, I've, I'm very taken by that idea and I'm very taken by the idea of having... A clean desk. I have a lot of work surfaces. Um, yeah, I'm looking at, I've got my the drop leaf table I use as a desk, then I have a treadmill desk, and then I've got the dining room tables a lot, you know, and I've got a lot of stuff going on. But yeah, so that's kind of uh, right now, that's my word, and I'm going to be looking out for it. It just was so interesting when the man came down and said, Yeah, I'm going to do a reset. I'm like, oh, That's the word. That's the word. Um, yeah. Anyway, I uh, just wanted to share that with you. So I think that that is it for now. Um, I think I've told you everything I have to tell you for the time being. So saying goodbye again, filled with the same good wishes I was filled in part one, filled with in part one. And uh, I wonder if, where you are, if it's spring or if it's not spring. If you're not heading into spring, then you're heading into fall, right? You just finished with summer and you're heading into fall. Ah. I envy you. I actually, fall's my favorite. Fall's, spring makes me feel weird. I always feel very funky and odd in spring. I want, you know, I mean, I hate summer. This is not, <laughs> I mean, but here in North Carolina, spring is beautiful, beautiful. I mean, I'm just looking out my window. Things are bloom, starting to bloom. There's this red-tailed hawk sitting 20 yards from where I am on a branch, just looking around. Don't eat the birds. The Eat the squirrels, please. Um just looking around it's amazing everything you know it's like it's getting green and pretty and I'm looking at where I want to make a garden I don't know if it's going to happen I have such big dreams I ordered some really good seeds and I mean I, I can always grow things in containers but I may have a big project coming up in April I'll, I'll let you know uh, I can't talk about it until it's for sure but if it happens what I think is going to happen, April may be just completely gobbled up, and that is the time. The man will handle the tomatoes. I'll definitely handle my sun gold tomatoes and pots. But this is something else. This is something different, uh, digging a new garden out front. So I don't know. Maybe it'll happen. We'll see. We'll see. Life is full, and that is good. And, you know, I, I was complaining to a friend the other day. I'm like, my life is so full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so lucky because it's full of good and interesting things to do. And even the work I have to do, oh, the hawk has flown off. Uh, even the work that I have to do is good work. Um, you know, so I can't complain, but I would like to make that garden. Okay, I'm going to be back 
But for now, goodbye. Be well. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Off-Kilter Quilt. Come visit me online at offkilterquilt.com. Until next time, this is Francis. Remember, life is short. Quilt first. <laughs>